everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. We are a science fiction movie podcast. Every week we get together, we talk about a sci-fi movie. This week we watched Demon Seed from 1977. We will start spoiler-free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers, somewhere in the middle, and we'll go from there. So uh, the premise of Demon Seed which is another one of uh, Criterion 70 sci-fi month um, that we're doing here, is a scientist has created an AI, an artificial intelligence, which he happens to have a, you know, a, a console for, a computer for in his house. Uh, and eventually his wife that he is leaving is trapped inside the house when the computer, the AI, takes control of the house and won't let her escape and also might have some nefarious plans for her which I'll leave for spoilers. Uh, but that's the, the gist of the, the, the plot. Tara, this was a first time watch for both of us, so I will ask you mm-hmm. the question. How do you feel about Demon Seed? Demon Seed is bizarre. I had no idea that it existed before the Criterion thing. And uh, yeah, I like it. Like, it's just, it takes itself seriously enough for me to, to take the movie seriously. I think the lead performer is like way too good to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, Julie Christie. Yep. Sunday. Yeah. From Dr. Zhivago. That's the only thing I really know her from. And uh she yeah, she's amazing in the movie. And uh it's it's really really like watchable. Uh and an interesting version of an AI this time and uh with interesting plans. I liked it. <laughs> I also liked it. It's not perfect. There's definitely no. things to, you know, pick apart and, and whatnot. And it's so 70s. Like, it feels like it's, it's that thing where even from the very first shot, I'm like, this is a 70s movie. <laughs> like, there's no, there's no yeah, disguise there's in it. Yeah, there's lots of gratuitous nudity. <laughs> yeah, surprising amount of gratuitous nudity. Uh, and that's the other yeah. thing. Julie Christie, you think, would have enough clout that she doesn't have to do movies but she's just getting naked all the time. Unless she just wanted to get naked all the time, which is possible. I mean, she uh, she has reason to be proud. Uh, <laughs> she's a fine-looking woman, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, like, the, the movie has the, the 70s sort of edginess to it, but it also has that charm of, like, something mm-hmm. that's older as well. Um, it's, it's There's this weird fascination of watching movies from, like, the 70s that are about computers because it's, like, it's so ancient technology you know technologically speaking like everything in it just looks so old and yet they've got computers doing things our computers can't do yet there's this wonderful mishmash of of science and time uh but you know even no no i agree there's always like there's something about uh, like each decade can be has a different type of fear of technology it seems and the 70s is about like the fear of ai and the the 80s i don't know maybe i'm just going with like terminator but those that kind of fear always seemed more like uh like uh manifesting itself as like a uh i'm like robocop kind of fear like using technology to to stifle humanity in mm. some way and then the 90s is all about like the fear of the internet and <laughs> that kind of information. Well, hold on a second, hold on. It wasn't the internet in the 90s. It was one of two things. It was either the web or the net. The so web, it, the net. Yes, yeah. it was never the internet. Uh, <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah. But the seventies is still like holding on to that that post HAL nine thousand um uh I, I guess fear of artificial intelligence, which is still a legitimate fear, like especially where we in the times that we are now. Yeah. Um I, I yeah, I think yeah, two thousand one probably started and then obviously that came out in sixty eight. It takes a couple of years to make a movie, so the mm-hmm. trend didn't really kick off until the seventies for like all these other movies kind of taking things from it. Uh, just kind of like how, you know, like I mean, it's not quite the same here, but like Halloween started the slasher boom to an extent, but mm-hmm. it was really Friday the Thirteenth that started the phrase where we had one every other weekend. Um, what I would have given to have been, you know, at least a teenager in nineteen eighty to eighty five, just to <laughs> see all these slasher movies uh, as they were coming out, but you know. But at the same time, they've been on the internet. And... They keep on asking me what it was like. Hey, hey. Like, the, the, the age jokes have gotten older, right? Right? <laughs> You're not that old. I've I've come to accept this, right? That's that's a joke. We're in year two of the show, right? We're not, we've not hit the anniversary yet, but we're in year two of the show in terms of, uh, you know, we started in, like, April 2019. It's now 2020. Uh, this is year two, and that's a year one joke. There'll be... Oh, you're, oh, you're right. We've We've grown past that. We've uh, we've grown up. Yes. We're a mature podcast now. Yes. So let's talk about boobies. And we... <laughs> there's so many. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, no, look. I think the the movies further some really cool designs in this that I like. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, there's there's some that are a little bit more kind of like really just ramshackle, but there's some really cool designs. Uh, even the car. There's a car at the start that looks uh, futuristic. Uh, even mm-hmm. like to us now, like don't get me wrong, it has kind of a you know that retro future thing going for it, but it does. Yeah, it's a, it's more like a modified DeLorean meets a Corvette or something. But yeah, it has old future. Yeah, but you know they went to the effort of having the car, even though like they've got this AI, but it's not like there's flying cars going around. It's not like there's like they're not put flashy lights on everything. It still looks like the recognizable yeah. world, but it's just the car, mean, you know, cars like are a bit everything more advanced. In the, everything in the house is like connected and that's only like a recent thing that we've been doing here with like Google Nest and having, uh, I mean, we still don't have like, hey, I'd like some tea and then like a robot arm comes out with the tea that you want. But like yeah. having your alarm system and your like the doorbells, like everybody here has a ring system or a Google Nest, which has a camera that that tells you who's here. Um, it has a, you can have locks connected to your phone now, so you can unlock the door from an app. And like, that's that's pretty like forward thinking for the time. Yeah, and it's possible actually, even in the movie, it's also a new thing. It's just, it's, it, this house only has it because it's the guy, you know, the scientist who lives here did it himself. Yeah, it, it's the one that's working on it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not something that's mass market or anything like that uh, yet. Um, and as we go through the movie, we'll find out why maybe it's a bad idea to uh, <laughs> give, give your computer mm-hmm. control of everything. There should always be a manual override, right? If you can't unlock the door, if the computer like malfunctions and says, no, this, this door is locked, you're not getting out. There, there's mm-hmm. something something to look into there. Need to, need to check your, uh, your priorities. Have you, have you heard of this movie before? No, this was... Me neither. Isn't that bizarre? Like it's pretty well like production and it, it seems like it has legit movie stars in it. Like it's you know, you know, something I would have heard of. Do you know what this makes me think of? It makes me think of because this is like obviously before our time, right? This is before we were even born. Never mind when we're really into movies. You know, I mean, obviously we were both into movies as kids. But what I mean is, like, I think when you hit your late teens, you become proper movie fans. Where you start looking at older movies, you start, you know, 
filling out your your filmography or your your film histories and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I think with movies from the decades that we were you know active movie fans, mainly the last two, right, two thousands and twenty tens, being the two kind of like um you know for us. I think obviously we see a lot of movies in those years, and we see a lot of good and we see a lot of bad. Probably a lot more bad than good because there's a lot more bad than good that gets made. The thing about going back to like the seventies and sixties and fifties is that okay, there's a lot of movies that are remembered because they're the classics because like people have kept them in high high esteem. But all of sure. the all of the sort of like sevens and sixties out of ten, no one really kept speaking about them that much, and they kind of get forgotten. This to me makes me think of like even though I didn't rate that that number, but. Like, Ad Astra, for example, do you think in 20, 30 years' time, Ad Astra is going to be, like, one of the big sci-fi movies that people talk about? Or is it going to be like, no, it was a product of its time, it had Brad Pitt in it, had some, you know, had Tommy Lee Jones in it, had some stars in it, but didn't necessarily yeah, ca- yeah, capture, like, a zeitgeist and become, you know, a big movie. Whereas, you know, from this last decade, I'd say, like, you know, Gravity probably will uh you know inception definitely will be remembered sure. as a big sci-fi movie but there's a lot of other ones that are like fine uh good even but not necessarily you know hitting those buttons um and i'm still you know i'm sure if you live through this time there's probably like a cult fan following of this who'll love this because they remember growing I up i have with to it. imagine that there is just from watching it because it is like really watchable <laughs> yeah no it is uh, the... And even as like a horror fan, I would think that it would pop up in some like cult horror film list. Like that's something that seems popular. Yeah, um, yeah. There's definitely some horror elements to it. Although it's, it's very much sci-fi because it's all about AI and what the computer wants. And uh, Proteus, for the record, is the name of the computer. Uh, mm-hmm. The movie literally starts with them plugging in his processor, which is about four giant drums about the size of like. I don't know, cars. <laughs> like, imagine a car, yeah. like, like a car up on its end, like four of them standing up, but in circular this form. This is what their version of a laptop was at the time. Oh, have you ever seen that great photo of, uh, it was like the 60s, it was like this, the picture of a, a, like a, it was like a, like a, it was like a 64 meg hard drive from the 1960s. Yeah. It's, it, it takes up a whole room. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like the size of, it's like a, there's a crane dropping it into like a room and it's like, you know, the size of, like, two fridge freezers. <laughs> um, and today we've got like, SD cards that are, like, you know, 500 gig that fit in the p- your pinky, the tip of your pinky. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just some of the fun that we have in that. But um, I actually recognise someone that, someone else in this movie. Uh, not the main guy, uh, the husband character, the scientist. I might just get the names here so we can refer to them. So, so, so uh, Christy plays Susan Harris. Uh, Alex Harris is the husband, the scientist. Uh, and then Walter is kind of like one of his employees who seems to be quite close mm-hmm. to the couple. Um, I recognized him bizarrely and I know him. I've seen him in a, quite a few things, actually. He's one of those guys who pops up in a lot of movies and TV shows from the 80s and 90s. Uh, but I, I, I grew up knowing him from Police Academy 6, City Under Siege, of all things. I can't believe how well you know the Police Academy movies. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can name all seven of them. Okay, I'm I'm not proud of it, but I can. <laughs> I can. Yeah, I Sec- get it. Second one's first assignment. Third one's uh, back in training. Fourth is Citizens big, on Patrol. You're just a big Gutenberg fan. Five, <laughs> five is Miami Beach. No, assignment Miami Beach. Sorry. Six is City Under Siege, and then seven is called Mission to Moscow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that one sucked for the record. Mission to Moscow. Even even as a kid, Mission to Moscow sucked. 
Yeah, well, sevens usually when franchises die out, with the exception of a couple. Ron Perlman's in that one. He's the bad guy, and his whole bad guy scheme is he's, it's, for, it's, it's like a, it's a big product for the Game Boy. He's got a game called The Game that they put out on Game Boy, but it like like steals things from the people playing it or something. I can't remember the exact details, but it was... It so was... it's an EA game? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great, great joke. Uh, all the non-gamers at home won't get, get that, but all the people who do follow video games will think that was hilarious. Um, so, yes, uh, so, you know, pretty tight cast, because beyond those three, there's not a whole lot of people you see, other than the voice, I suppose, of... Uh, Proteus. Proteus himself, yeah. Um, which, by the way, much more pleasant. So- I mean, still robotic sounding, but much more pleasant than the narrator from. Uh, I knew you were going to bring it up. Alphaville, Alphaville. yeah. <laughs> the Alpha Sixty. Uh, why do you want to? Yeah, I would get- say maybe a little bit inspired by Alpha Sixty, though. Oh, yeah, okay. Improved the points of it. <laughs> it's it's more like Hal Nine Thousand, but if. You know, where Hal has that thing that's, uh, he's so calm and polite and... Soft-spoken but, as well. Soft-spoken, but in, insane and sinister, like, mm. behind it. You know, like, he really thinks he's doing what's right. Where this this one, this AI, Proteus, is very much just in it for himself. And, like, right from the get-go, you're like, that's an evil voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust this AI. Which is an interesting choice from a creative standpoint. Like, did, did they want to like not make us think that maybe he's not actually, you know, dangerous? You know, because they didn't. They, they just went, no, no, we're gonna make him sound evil. No, he sounds murdery from the get go. Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, because you could have went like you know John Goodman in Cloverfield Lane, right? You could have mm. had him seem friendly enough at first, and then, you know, it turns and becomes more sinister yeah. as it goes on. Uh, and <laughs> before <laughs> I was going to say something, but it's a spoiler, so I'm not going to. Uh, so yeah, so as the, the gist of the movie is that she gets trapped in the house, and I will say, if I have a complaint, actually, uh, my, my probably my main narrative complaint is that the movie starts off with Alex, the husband, as the main character. Like we don't even meet uh, Susan until a few scenes into it. it it very much follows him and his struggles of getting the AI of getting Proteus turned on and he goes home and talks to his wife and his, his wife's like oh why don't you because she doesn't want him to leave she wants him to stay even though she has some mm-hmm. critiques about his uh you know his actions she says he's growing cold and distant but he's like no 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 um i need to go we're clearly not happy together and they've lost a child they lost a daughter that they had yeah uh, and that's kind of like a sort of driving Which i force. think we don't find out till later um you may be right. I can't remember exactly when that comes up for the first time. Mm. Uh, but that seems that's like clearly the catalyst for why they're such in, a, in such a rough place as a couple. Right. Um, but it's weird because once he goes back, because he comes back to the office and he has this whole meeting with like these investors and like the, the heads of the company that are funding him. Uh, they come in and he does this demonstration, and then we're still kind of with him as the main character. Like the wife at this point very much feels like a side character. But then once Proteus goes to the house, and we'll sort of explain spoilers how that happens, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden she is the main character, and we barely see the husband for the rest of the movie. Yeah, like, he he's gone. There there is a good chunk of the movie where I'm just like, I wonder if he's coming back. Like he probably has to, but yeah. like I was just surprised. Like there's just a moment where I'm just like, oh, we haven't seen him in a long time. I was expecting to cut back to him a lot more often 
yeah and it didn't yeah. you know it cuts to the office with him like with the other guys a couple of times but not a lot uh so yeah. I, I, I just kind of like terminator 2 when you're just like i haven't seen the team of a thousand in a long time <laughs> <laughs> that except t1000 was at least never meant to be the main character because i think that's the only problem i have with this is that if the movie started with her and then he showed up for a couple of scenes and disappeared for most of the movie i'd be fine with it but because it starts with him and he feels like the main character uh, it's kind of weird it's kind of weird to jump mm-hmm. to her because she doesn't feel like she's the main character but then we spend so much time with her that it's like oh I guess she is now oh uh, yeah she definitely is the lead But so that's a little bit weird so I don't know what they were thinking with that but uh, you know it's, uh, it's got a nice uh, there's a couple of goofy moments but they're kind of fun goofy if you like this kind of era of cinema it's true yeah and there's some scenes that are a little bit like uh rapey which maybe could be problematic but um it's it's uh it's ex- exploitive for sure but like 70s that 70s type of exploitive like i know i, I brought this up before in the last review but but like hollywood just really seemed like the coiled spring during the haze code and now that the 70s are out it's just like let's just show everything that we weren't able to show in the 60s and yeah there's prior. there's like at least two scenes where she's either getting out of bed or she's getting out of the shower and we get full frontal nudity for basically no reason yeah like okay she sleeps in the nude and she wears like nothing around the house <laughs> which like I can almost justify it a, a little bit, like the idea, because one of the things I keep focusing on is that the, is that the, the the computer that controls the house and then obviously Proteus takes over, it has all these cameras everywhere, and they're actually like two mm-hmm. lenses in each one, so they they actually look like eyes, kind of yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I could almost understand the justification for it if you wanted to like really feel how like being what she is like to see how vulnerable mm-hmm. she is because okay you're most vulnerable when you're naked alone in your house and the idea that these eyes always on her and that's why we're showing that uh but it didn't need to do it twice certainly i don't think and it probably did it too early as well i mean if there'd been a contrast maybe like let's say the first time it felt like oh she gets out of bed and it's you know, she gets out of the silk and it's kind of almost elegant and you know, beautiful, mm. natural form, and she feels so comfortable, she's not even thinking about anything. But then, say, the second time, it was, like, after Proteus took over, and she was aware that she was being watched, so she felt, you know, different. Mm-hmm. So you could see the change. Maybe there'd be a reason for it then, to see, okay, this is how comfortable she was first time, and then the second time, she's clearly yeah. uncomfortable and nervous, and does not feel secure. Um, yeah. But it doesn't do that. It, it just kind of gives us two different scenes of her being naked for yeah. no reason. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so you know and i mean there's an argument even then if you should include that but like that that would be if i was trying to if you said to me you had to have two scenes of her being nude in the movie why did why the studio would say you have to have that i mean they might <laughs> but you know um that would be how i would rate it and so it had a purpose in the story to kind of show how she's feeling yeah it, it does feel gratuitous in the film yes very much uh but, but it's of its time like that has that's like a 70s thing in my mind when i watch 70s movies i'm like all right where's the boobs <laughs> yeah even well even bush like i feel like you see like if you if you were to tell oh, yeah, up how much more. much bush you get per decade I, the 70s would beat now no question oh definitely 70s for some reason they were in love with the bush every chance they got let freedom reign 
There's a joke about some former presidents in here somewhere, but I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, uh, you're a little too early. A little too early, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure there's a joke to be made. Um, so, yes, is there anything else to say before we get into spoilers? Is there anything else we want to talk about? Uh, I mean, it's it, it should be like a really campy B movie, but I, I, I am really genuinely surprised at how seriously they take the film when they're making they do. it. They yeah. Uh, and although when there are some moments that are kind of goofy, like they really stand out. <laughs> there's there's one moment in slow motion that really stuck out to me, which I'll get to in spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but okay, with that said, then and we'll get into the spoiler section for uh, the movie. Before we start that, I will thank our patrons for the month. Uh, I will thank David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Uh, those are our Patreon producers. That means they are patrons at $20 or up. But you don't have to be a $20 or up patron, Tara, do you? No, not at all. You can check out our Patreon page. If you like what we do, it's patreon.com slash TV. And donations as little as a dollar per month will get you bonus episodes of The Ace. You'll get bonus episodes of Screams After Midnight, which is the horror movie podcast that... Peter does with uh, with his co-host Tim, and uh, yeah, you'll get a bunch of other bonus things like um, bonus bits of tangents that get cut out. So if you want to learn more about our personalities, you can check it out. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like someone at home just went, "Oh God, now I get enough. I get enough. I don't need more of these personalities." Uh, so yeah, full spoilers for Demon Seed. Uh, so let me see. Movie starts with the uh, the the computer being turned on. Uh, Alex goes home. Uh, we we get you know some examples. He's he's got like a full lab in his basement, which includes not only a console that connects the Proteus off site, but it also has like a like a fabrication room where he can like build things and like mm-hmm. make things. Like and a three D printer. Again, yeah, kind of ahead of its time in that sense. Uh, but yeah, you know, he's got all this stuff. And his home system is a different name. I can't remember the name of it, but like it's a separate. AI. It's not even really an AI. It's, it's not, just yeah, it's like more of an operating. It's like, Google. It's like an yeah. operating oh, I system. Say that too My Google stuff will start like <laughs> going crazy. <laughs> what was I? What was I watching today or yesterday? And so it was, it was like an old person said, "Shall we look on the Google box?" That's what they called the computer, the Google box. <laughs> uh, yeah, laugh. I definitely have the the new Proteus in my in my home set up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Joshua. I don't know what that is. Oh, the system in the house. I'm pretty sure it was like Joshua. Oh, the, the name. name. Oh, I thought you were talking about the thing you watched. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Uh, yeah, Joshua. I think. Well, no, Joshua is the name of the chair. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because there's a robotic. It's a wheelchair. So it's like a robotic arm that. And this is the weird thing. A part of me went, they were being cheap here, but just attach it to a wheelchair. But then I thought about it and went, no, if he's doing tests and stuff, he might just attach it to a wheelchair, you know, as a prototype. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, fine. So it's like a robotic arm on a wheelchair that eventually Proteus gets control of and can move around. I think the Joshua stuff is like the the biggest stretch of the movie. In, In a movie that has a lot of stretches. But like Joshua does some things that are kind of like mind boggling later on in the movie <laughs> oh yeah. oh i found a connection that will excite you <laughs> oh so uncredited there's a character called bit i assume it's a voice of something uh one of the computers or something like that because uh, proteus 4's voice is also uncredited 
That's uh, Robert Vaughn, who I think I actually recognize that name. Is that, guy, is that the bad guy from Superman 3? Is <laughs> that the bad guy from Superman 3? <laughs> yeah. Um, man, that's good. But this, this other voice bit is voiced by none other than Michael Dorn. Oh, Worf. Yeah, old Worf. Um, presumably quite young when he was doing this, I imagine. Oh, yeah, he'd have to be. But he, the man does have a great voice. This is a good 11, 12 years before uh, Next Chance, so mm-hmm. I, I assume he was a, a young lad. Um, I was looking for I the name. Guile. <laughs> I was looking for the name of the uh, the computer system, but not well. Um, so, yeah, so they have a conversation about, about her wanting to stay, and he's like, no, 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 we've made up our mind. I'm going to just be gone until you've moved out. And he seems to imply this will be, like, anything from a month to three months, you know, uh so it, it's yeah, the housekeeper's there and she's like concerned about like how how things will run while he's gone and, and he pulls, I, he I pull, guess also it, the housekeeper's not gonna stay he pulls out a giant floppy he's like, i'm gonna program the next month of orders right now and he sticks this big giant floppy disk in it <laughs> <laughs> there we go all set so yeah, yeah the housekeeper's worried uh I think Susan's job is a, a child therapist. Uh, yeah. She has this. Uh, she has this kid come to see her. I actually I was laughing out loud uh, because when she was asking the kid questions, the kid just kept buying the de- the table and going, uh, "This is so boring. This is so boring." It just kept saying that over <laughs> and over again. It's not a very nice review of the movie you're in. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she, yeah, she was an annoying little brat. Is basically the, the gist of it. But yeah. so it's interesting. So he's he's given her time to move out. So he's moving out, but he's intending on keeping the house because it's his science like put together mm-hmm. doohickey house. But he's given her up to three months to leave, which I guess is nice. But he's also kind of kicking her out, just really slowly. <laughs> yeah, he seems like adamant that they are they are done. They yeah. are done working things out, and it's just. Yeah. What's interesting, because at one point when he calls Walter uh, and he tells Walter to turn off the console in his house because he's not going to be there, um, he says, like, stop working so late, go home with your wife and kids because you'll, you know, it'll come back and bite you if you don't. So it's kind of implying that he's very self-aware that he knows that part of the reason why the re- his marriage is in a, in a rough place is not just because of the death of his child, but it's also because he is addicted to his work and he knows that. Yeah. And he's too far gone. And he is, he is pretty cold when he talks to her. Like, mm. he does talk to her in a way where it's, it's like, it, it's fine. We have two different types of mind. You, you don't, uh, I bore you, even though I find myself fascinating. And, um, like, it's That's just me and very, everyone I have ever met. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. which I think is reflected in, in Proteus's design, too. Like he is very much that same type of uh, personality, mm. and probably because he designed him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm cracking jokes about myself, but now he is kind of uh, like. On the I one mean, hand, I wasn't going to make the comparison, but you did anyway. So yeah, he's definitely you. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks for that. Uh, but to, to his credit, though, I think he's self-aware enough that he, that he, he kind of just wants to sort of like cut himself off because he's like well i'm like this i'll just be myself yeah. and not harm anyone and it's fine like i'll just be an obsessed scientist on my own yeah but he's like it's it's a lack of empathy there for his wife who clearly mm. wants to like to work at it still yeah um 
But so he has this meeting where he brings in the the financial advisors or the the bosses or whoever they are, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh yeah, we can talk to Proteus, uh, but don't say or, say or do anything because everything that he hears in this room, he'll know forever." Uh, that's not intimidating at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they ask him a couple of questions, and he basically gives them these really cold, logical answers that almost like he's trying to goad them, almost like he's trying to make fools of the humans. And it, it kind of makes sense ultimately. And uh, Alex is kind of like, ha ha ha! See, look how smart my computer is. Uh, yeah, I think also the linguist or whatever the uh, the woman that was there was teaching him about like an emperor. Mm. and zen and i think he was kind of giving responses like like an emperor the the type that somebody who's super self-important and like an emperor would think of himself would say yeah uh so there's a whole moment here uh, after this where he gets called in proteus wants to ask him a question and he comes in and mm-hmm. proteus is By himself by himself and proteus basically he's like hey i want to understand man and study man um can i have access to a console to look things up i want to study everyone and he's mm-hmm. like no out of the question you can't study yourself you can't get your own control that's ridiculous it it's also that he's in the scene where he's refusing to do the work that's asked of him. Oh yeah. Like he's been asked to dig metal up from the mm. ground or whatever. He's like, why am I doing manual labor for you? Like <laughs> I'm better than this. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's already a bit too big for his brooches. Like it's, it's already, yeah. you know, uh, britches, not brooches. <laughs> that was a really posh version of that. I scene. that was just a Scottish thing. No. I mean, britches pretty scottish too but yeah. uh <laughs> so uh but of course he looks for a, a console that's not because one of the things he says is he says that no besides every console's occupied like all oh, those workers on every console there's none free mm-hmm. um all, all this talk of consoles being free was really weird to me because like, i feel like you know the idea of like having to wait for a free computer now is just weird like uh especially for an ai system like yeah would to just like always be running in the background if it's on mm. <laughs> but he basically you know does a, a a search and finds a connection to to the house to and that's the console he takes over and uses and this is why he ends up taking well, over it's after it's after the uh, the doctor leaves and then he's like oh, I know of another console I can yeah. use. Like, he's so evil and he's talking to himself even though... <laughs> His moustache twirling. <laughs> Ma, I will take over the world. Ma, yes, I know which one is available still. You can't stop me even though you've left the room and I'm talking to myself down <laughs> and I'm a computer. <laughs> and the escalation is so quick as well because, like, you know, uh, Susan just goes to open the door. She's like, okay, you know, whatever, computer, open door. And mm-hmm. it's just like, no, don't go. Don't leave. What? Don't be ridiculous. Open the door. No. And then starts to lock the, all the windows and doors and there's, like, shutters that come down. And Yeah, like, I like the screen uh, effect of being inside and all of a sudden the... Everything's walled in, and she does some obvious things first. She tries to like turn off the power, and she tries to, you know, well, she tries a couple of different windows first, and then she tries to turn off the mm-hmm. power, uh, and she actually gets shocked. Like it actually jolts her through an electrical outlet, uh, and she gets she passes out. And this is when the Joshua metal arm uh, chair thing comes and picks her up and puts her on a table in the somehow. basement. Yes, yeah, somehow. I uh, think they really. Uh, 
yeah, stretch on what Joshua's capabilities are here. Yeah, Joshua's very, very handy in this movie. Uh, and she's tied down she wakes up with one arm picking up a woman with one arm like that like from the ground and all you have are wheels sounds really tricky well later well later on when someone tips over Joshua in slow motion it looks really heavy so maybe there's a lot of weight to the bottom of the chair to counterbalance it maybe yeah must add sir but she wakes up she's, she's tied down and Joshua under Protoss' control like starts cutting her her dress off and I was like, we're all mm-hmm. great morning day. <laughs> we're going for more. And you don't really see much yeah. in this scene. Uh, no, not really. Um, but it's kind it's of... all implied. And like, she she has her head like in a, in a vice, like in the basement. Yeah. And her arm, her hands are like all twist tied to, to a, a desk or something where a table that she's on. So, I mean, Joshua did a lot of work. Did a lot of work. And it's taking like readings. It's, it's like, because I actually, because the movie's called Demon Seed, right? So you're expecting some sort of pregnancy bent to this. Um, it doesn't actually happen till later, but I thought it was going to be right now because like some stuff comes out and it looks like you know it's you know it, it's cut off her underwear and it's going down there, uh, but clearly mm-hmm. it's just taking some samples and stuff for for science yeah. uh, and for for the future impregnation, uh, but. Uh, you know, immediately it's going there. Like, you know, Proteus has got this plan right from the get-go. He's he's thought about this, and this is the other thing we learn about actually. When when uh, Alex has shown it off to the, uh, to the you know the higher ups, it's cured leukemia in like mm-hmm. three days. It's been on for three days and cured leukemia. Uh, mm-hmm. So there is a force for good <laughs> in there. Oh. So long as Proteus wants to. Yeah, um, force is good, not right. A tool for good. That's that's the correct phrase. There's a tool for good in there. That that kind of cure, you know, big big hefty disease. I mean, that is that is mm-hmm. handy. In the world of this movie, after this, leukemia is just not a thing anymore. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's curable. No one has it ever. That's why we need AI, right? Yep. Fix all our fix our problems. But that's why it scares me. We'll say, computer fix cancer and it'll just kill humans because no humans no cancer <laughs> uh, that's why you have to teach it to not harm humans first that's that's rule number one you need you need asimov's three three rules of robotics yeah so she, she's back up in the room after this like you know like she's she's let go uh oh actually first things first because there was some stuff malfunction she called walter earlier and said hey can you come over and fix some of this crap uh yeah he so- he put cream in my coffee. I don't like cream in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That was the first sign. That was the first sign, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he shows up while she's strapped down in the basement, and apparently Proteus is so advanced that it can basically do a CGI recreation. Of yeah, he deep fakes her. <laughs> he does a recreation of her, and she comes up on the video screen at the, at the front door saying, Oh, I'm sorry for dragging you out here, Walter everything's fine i am fine mm-hmm. and he don't don't be don't, you know he, to his credit he has is actually still a little bit suspicious he thinks this is weird there's something off about all yeah. this he seems to know her pretty well yeah to where he's just like you don't sound like you like you sound like you might be in trouble still <laughs> so he, he does <laughs> like leave. something's off yeah he does leave but yeah obviously at least him coming back later but uh she eventually gets up and uh, she's in the bedroom and she's kind of fighting back every chance she gets to sort of like you know fight back against Proteus and show him that she will not be controlled 
and it eventually mm-hmm. after he wears it down enough he actually explains like what his plan is he's like you have a uterus and i cannot touch things so i will create a child through you to which i can download my knowledge and brain into mm-hmm. and have a physical form so i mean there's a lot of classic things it's dealing with here it's just he wants to be human right pinocchio uh yeah you know classic stuff like really simple um but of course we have simple little details here of uh, i don't know um her opinion on this <laughs> 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 like like i guess you could say it's an extension of how of how alex sort of dismisses her and doesn't really consider uh anything this is it taken to the extreme you know the, mm-hmm. the one the, the one step leads to the next step which leads to the next one which leads to this which is not even considering how she feels or uh the opinion of her which by the way it's a super pregnancy that's going to only last a month it's going to be super sped like 28 days yeah and um i don't know i, I don't know if he said anything about how painful it would be i guess it's unknown since there's never been anything like it but he does seem to yeah. like he does seem to understand um the human body because of this like whatever he did downstairs with her head in the vice because when she wakes up he gives her breakfast and it's like everything is perfectly proportioned like to the mm. exact nutrients that she needs and you're right i actually thought she was already pregnant by this time I was like oh he's trying to feed her like the thing she needs to conceive or whatever yeah but um yeah because she asked for something else because she, she has other things with breakfast and he's like yeah she no. goes into the kitchen and, and has an avocado he's like you have an enzyme in your blood that does not agree with avocado or something <laughs> <laughs> and tells her she can't eat it yeah so he's getting real real demanding here yeah but it leads to a really good scene it does go on continue oh in the kitchen where um usually you describe the scene so you can take the raise once in a while. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, where she's she's refusing to eat the bre- breakfast that's prepared for her. So she throws it at the lenses of the camera of Proteus that's in the kitchen. And it's covered in... The lenses are covered in egg now, and he's not able to see correctly. So he threatens her to, to clean off what she refuses to clean the lenses. So he... Uh, turns up the heat on the the floor the flooring has like heaters installed in it so he turns it all the way up he turns on all the um uh like uh, the the burners on the stove I, I presumably other things too and the kitchen are all heating up and all the doors are locked and the ventilation's off so she's just like sweating it out while he's saying like clean my lenses <laughs> <laughs> yeah she passes out uh, and she's that's not the first time she tries something else she, later on when she's down in the basement she's sort of like playing along as if she's going to agree to do everything and she mm-hmm. like grabs like a basically a torch like a flamethrower sort of stale torch and mm-hmm. she sort of hides it just enough just long enough because uh, because eventually when she's agreeing to do stuff he takes her down to the basement and explains the plan to her uh, and shows her this pod and this is the first time i think we see the 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 robot that he's built for himself uh yeah for lack of yeah. a better better term it's just very geometrical like it's a it's a weird shape like almost di- diamond like shape but very big like uh maybe like five or six feet tall right? when i glanced at the wikipedia i think it called it a polyhedral but i mean i could <laughs> i could be making that up uh so 
but what's really interesting about this robot thing, I actually really like the design of this because it, it looks like mm-hmm. a sort of diamondy style sort of like big rock but it opens up and the, all the triangle parts sort of fold out and it can yeah. do things and it's a little bit goofy yeah it's a really cool puppet design yeah it's a little bit goofy in a sense but I kind of appreciate how there's nothing human about it or there's nothing it's not like you built like a robot with arms yeah, and legs yeah me too yeah I really like that actually so, which is odd because he's trying to be so human but <laughs> yeah but I, I appreciate that I thought that was a really cool bit of design uh, so she tries burning some of them some of his like you know lenses and various parts and again mm-hmm. he fights back he's able to sort of outpower with the mm-hmm. house and controls and whatnot uh, and then it's not that long after this that walter comes back mm-hmm. and he chaps on the door and he's like well we have to let him in because if we don't he'll come back with others and it'll be obvious something's wrong so yeah you're going to have to talk to him and convince him that nothing's wrong or i will kill him uh and so she tries to play it really cold and she tries to be nice but then says oh Walter just leave just get out and you know he's like something's not right here this feels weird um you know, it's, it's, it's the funny thing where it, like it's, it's just luckily for her he just doesn't accept it because I mean yeah like it's because there's a lot of people be like okay I don't know why you're angry and tell me to get out but fine clearly like you know I'm leaving yeah but she does seem like like she's on drugs or something she is acting like really strange and i don't know if that's on purpose or if maybe she like in this world she's playing someone who doesn't know how to act out of character so she's just doing it wrong or she's like purposely saying no there's still something kind of wrong (laughs) yeah and proteus actually tries to reason with walter and says you know walter as a scientist you should understand my desire my my mission here uh all that kind of stuff uh, and then Joshua comes in and we get a fantastic slow we get a fight here there's also like a, there's like a laser gun thing uh, that yeah uh, he fights him with a blu-ray <laughs> <laughs> as in a blue laser yes uh, yeah. like I mean I say gun it's not even a gun it's just a laser on a table that Joshua's brought up and it's like beaming mm-hmm. over at him and eventually uses a mirror to reflect it back but we get like a the epic slow motion shot I was talking about earlier where he tips Joshua the wheelchair but he makes it it's in slow motion and he makes it look so hard he's like mm, and it's well like, he is a he is a weenie scientist so he could just be really weak <laughs> that is a nasty stereotype and I will not indulge it <laughs> I will not indulge it <laughs> okay so, <laughs> so, but unfortunately for him, he does actually get killed in the most wonderful way possible. Yes, but uh, fortunately for us, he gets killed. Yes. <laughs> uh, the aforementioned uh, geometric robot uh, that folds out, basically, you know, he's sort of, it's, it's all folded out into a big arm and he's ducking and diving underneath it, trying to get to the parts that he needs to to try and shut things off. And unfortunately for him, it kind of wraps itself around him and then tries to close. So we get this wonderful thing where like four triangles are around his head and they're closing in to close. And then eventually <laughs> his head just pops off. Pop. <laughs> and just kind of bounces a little bit. It's, it, yep. it's, it's, it's a delightful little kill scene. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> and it's not a movie I was kind of into expecting a lot of kill scenes. And there's not. There's like, it's really just that. Uh, no, there, there's a scene, I'm not sure where it happens, where the, the kid comes back, the little girl comes back and she's on the it's, camera. It's, it's late, definitely after this because uh, he says, remember Walter, I can kill her. You know, he... Oh, okay, yeah. And he shows like her being electrocuted. 
Yeah. Like and it turn- through the doorbell. It turns out and to then be it more turns that- out to just be a ruse. Yeah, more of that CGI, that pesky <laughs> CGI that he was using before. Um But it but it's a good scene because now she's like, I really have no idea what's real outside of the house. Mm. Um I will say I enjoyed that brat being killed. I was a little bit disappointed when it turned out to be fake. Well she clearly has like severe ADHD or something. <laughs> she's she's too loud. Constant talking. Should be muzzled. <laughs> okay you heard it here first guys <laughs> <laughs> look i'm kidding obviously come on this is the first warning sign i'm playing <laughs> red flags are going <laughs> oh dear uh so and it's actually well this is all go play now and she eventually agrees to do the pregnancy and she goes down and you know <laughs> it's, it's you know her legs are open robot penis. the robot penis thing comes out to give her the sperm um it's a whole thing yep. which is weird just can we just acknowledge the part that he said that he he made this sperm that would impregnate her from her own tissue like he fabricated it. it's not like he had a male sus- subject to you know use some no. actual sperm here he he fabricated from scratch sort of almost like he reverse engineered it from her sure so it should just be a clone of her then which right? which would explain well, it well, the there's, well, there's there's metal involved yeah but that would explain why at the end it looks like her the daughter the dead daughter if it's a clone of her it okay but then it should still have some of the dna from the father Maybe she's not washed out in a while. Maybe there was some crusty bits of... Whoa! <laughs> maybe there's some crusty old semen in there that, that he, he grabbed. Yeah, maybe Proteus just went through the laundry and said, let's just pull all of the husband's socks and we'll we'll just take it from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so anyway, so this is all going on. She's pregnant. Uh, and But while, while this has all been happening, back at the uh, the lab... Uh, you know, Proteus has been acting up and not doing what he's told. Eventually, the the boss man comes in and says, we need to shut this down. It's doing things. It, it's trying to take over a satellite. It's actually commandeered a satellite. Uh, and who yeah, knows what it's trying it's to do? it's out of control. Like, this thing could go after launch codes. This thing could do all sorts of things. We have to stop it right now. We have to switch it off. And... And he, he goes in this speech like, "Hey, like, I've supported you, Alex, this whole time. Even even when I thought some stuff was a security risk, like having mm-hmm. having your own console at home, and then immediately Alex just turns around because before this they had this sort of realization that this is weird. How could he do this thing without getting access to a console? And it's when the the yeah. boss man says this that he turns around and goes, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> so he speeds home, uh, and he's let in. Proteus lets him in, and. What's weird is is that Susan by this point is like pre, you know she's like she's given birth by this point you know like we we, yeah. we had a quick birthing scene and the baby but went the sh- baby is in an incubator yeah it went to a pod thing because and we haven't seen it yet it's going to rapidly grow in like a month to like I don't know like adulthood and we haven't seen it like I've I've just been like what does it look like what's it look like. <laughs> Well, that's the funny thing. So, so, is it a cube? Is it a cube? Because <laughs> you know, obviously, Alex doesn't take this so well. He tries to fight back. They they go downstairs, and you know, they they do eventually sort of uh, kind of win in the sense that Proteus dies because he gets mm-hmm. shot off. Basically, his his days were numbered anyway because they were shutting them off back at base. 
Um, well, I mean, what's interesting though is that he wanted to see where this goes, like, and it was, it was the woman who is it Susan? I already forgot who who unplugs the machine or unplugs the incubator says we have to kill it because this this thing is unstoppable she knows how dangerous it is and he's just like let's just see where this goes for science sake (laughs) yeah although i hasten to add that maybe the loss of their own daughter might be playing a role in his let's see what this kid's like attitude oh yeah that's true i could see that being a, a factor uh so it's actually so this is the weird thing is that Proteus, despite the fact that it's been a total control freak since it showed up, is mm-hmm. basically like I have to trust you guys to take care of this baby. That once it or this this person once it comes out of the the pod, like yeah, you know because like, I can't be here for it. Um, so even though they try to kill it and the pod opens, so the rapid growing is not going to happen. We get like it looks like a metal baby, but then my metal boy. <laughs> but then it kind of cracks off. It's like a shell. And then there's like a real human underneath it, and it's got like a little girl who looks a lot like their daughter. <laughs> and basically, I thought that was smart. Yeah. And the final, the final moment of the film is basically just the 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 girl saying, "I'm alive." Uh, but she does it in, in Proteus's voice, yes. which is I can't help but laugh. Yeah, it was dumped over with that. Uh, I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> he may want to. Uh, I live. Maybe what he practices uh, his more uh, girly voice, or even at least a more human voice would do. Uh. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Like, it definitely wasn't necessary to have his voice in her. So the movie basically ends with like, okay, they've got this kid now to raise uh, to replace their own dead child. But it yeah, ha- but what a what a smart way to like make sure that they that they take care of her by making her look like mm. them, like the child they lost. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, so it's a very open-ended ending because okay, so they're going to take care of the kid, but like, when we get in the sequel, yeah, this this could totally have a sequel, like with when Proteus girl is like you know twenty, like what does she do? Yeah, definitely, she becomes like a species movie probably. Hell, it could be it could be a they could have a movie one set in high school where she's like just like she's she's like a bitchy mean girl, but she's using like her advanced computer knowledge to like just destroy all of her classmates. Proteus is not going to high school. <laughs> was that one bitchy girl who said something mean so she's like okay i'm going to calculate how to like open all those lockers at the right time so that you'll fall and snap your neck or so i don't know like she'll do you the just ma- want the horror trilogy she'll do the math <laughs> she'll do the math math is horror <laughs> yeah surprisingly it like interesting and kind of riveting film i thought really kind of cool yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it never gets to great territory, and I think it, because it, there's one or two things it could have done, right? It could have been a bit longer and spent more time with the psychological aspect of, of breaking Susan down, the idea that Proteus is breaking her down, well, you know, to the yeah. point where she's willing to do this. Um, or you could go more schlocky with it and have more people show up for him to kill and give us more of those fun deaths, because the one we got was great. So, yeah. like, either, either way would have really worked for me. As it is, it's a really interesting, like, weird movie from the 70s that i'm glad i watched <laughs> oh yeah it's definitely of its time totally so you know i mean if you're into old sci-fi movies and you like you know checking off some weird boxes i think this was one that i would recommend uh i'm so glad we found it <laughs> i know <laughs> oh dear uh demon seed um it's almost i feel that if anything the title maybe like tells you too much because you're expecting a pregnancy thing the whole time yeah you know uh 
or at least call it robot seed or and i think it's not really i don't know like uh it like it tells you too much but it's also a little misleading like if i see the word demon seed i'm not thinking it's a science fiction movie oh not at all you're thinking horror movie uh, yeah like possession or something like that uh this movie is definitely science fiction you were set in the future there's ais there's yeah you know lots of robot talk like Although, I mean, this is the around the time of Exorcist, right? So maybe that is, like, something they're trying to get people to go to see in the theater. It is two years after The Exorcist, yeah. So mm -hmm. maybe that's why it's, you know, we'll do the sci-fi bent on The Exorcist kind of thing. Uh, might have been the motivation for the funding, mm -hmm. at least. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It has, has like, actual actors in it. At least one notable name, anyway. Uh, yeah, she's way too good for the movie. Who's this she's Alex? Really good. Dude, has he been in a lot of stuff? He was in Marathon Man, Creep Show, Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I definitely remember him from Creep Show. Tara, that leads us to you rating the movie. Yeah, I'd say it's a it's a good bizarre movie from its time, and it's uh it's not quite great, but it's definitely on my recommend. I'm definitely positive on the film, and I definitely recommend it. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a seven. It's a seven movie. I agree. I had fun watching it. It was a seven out of ten. I completely agree with that score. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, cool. There you go. That's uh, I love how the poster just says Julie Christie carries the demon seed. <laughs> Tells you nothing. <laughs> oh dear uh so demon seed uh is a weird little movie uh check it out if you if mm -hmm. you want but uh uh of course let us know what you think of the movie if you've seen it in the comments below you can like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates or actually at the ace podcast uh, i'm forgetting there's a specific one for this show i should remember that uh <laughs> at the ace podcast uh you can of course support us by rating the podcast and apple podcast give us five stars it helps us out a lot more people find us that way they'll promote us a little bit more put us on you know higher in the rankings all that kind of thing uh you can support us financially at patreon.com slash tv as we mentioned earlier and you can check out other shows we have uh you know uh, screams after minutes a horror movie podcast uh new and old you know non-horror sci-fi movies are just under the 1.21 influx banner uh sometimes you know it's always me but sometimes tara's there sometimes it's connor sometimes it's matt it's uh, a real revolving door so uh go and have a look at all that other stuff and thank you get all. to know all the hosts yes yes um obviously i'm the most important one but i, I mean yeah everyone's worth knowing well not on the A's. <laughs> i'm the captain now you're the captain now yes <laughs> um so there you go that is us so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching science fiction guys and computer at salsa yum yum